0: we doing this morning? Oh man, I am super energized to see some, some familiar faces back here. I know some of you may have traveled. Um, Easter maybe couldn't have brought you in, but mama can bring you in. So um, we know the, the power and influence moms can have. Um, and as I look into the history of Mother's Day, um, there's a couple of women that are credited with um, starting beginnings of the holiday in the 1800s and uh, a few churches started to pick up on it and it got so popular that the president had to respond to what people were already celebrating. So on May 9th 1914 President Woodrow Wilson issued a presidential proclamation that officially established the first National Mother's Day holiday to celebrate America's mothers. While doing so he stated that today offered a chance to publicly express our love and reverence for the mothers of our country. And that's what today is all about, right? Some of you are sitting next to your mothers. Some of you are shedding tears because you're remembering, referencing your mother who may not be here. Today is a great day. It's always filled with love. I mean, we love our mothers, mainly because of all the job titles they carry for us throughout our lives. Chef, right? I'm convinced no one makes a better lasagna than my mom, okay? She influenced my taste for lasagna here. No five star restaurant makes a better lasagna than my mom's, okay? Um, chauffeur, all the basketball and football and track meets and orthodontist appointments and all everything else, right? Mom was a great chauffeur. Um, nurse. Anytime I got sick, I don't care less about dad. I want mom. Okay? Disciplinary, right? Um, counselor. She carried a lot of my emotional baggage growing up. Teacher. Um, cleaning service. <laughs> laundromat, mat. Um, accountant. Um, Banker, yeah, banker, absolutely. Employer, I love that allowance, mom. Um, travel agent, the list goes on and on and on, right? And all of us can remember all the tasks that moms do for us. It's hard for me to leave a house without a, a thing of Tide detergent or Windex to this day. She's still taking care of me, right, because she bought a bulk sale for all of us. Um, But there's a title that we typically overlook, and it's kind of popularized, this particular job title, because of social media. But the job of influencer, they were the original influencers, right? Not the half-naked ladies on Instagram, selling you whatever, (laughs) but moms were the original influencers. And so today, I want to look at the life of Timothy and how two particular women influence a young man that will go on to help change the world. And so we're going to pick up in 2 Timothy uh, chapter 1. It says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, in keeping with the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy... My dear son. Paul and Timothy were very close. Mentor, mentee, right? Paul took him under his wing and helped him and molded him in ministry. So he's writing to him, Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father in Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve as my ancestors did with a clear conscience as night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. Paul's in a rough spot in this particular time in ministry, and he's writing to Timothy because Timothy is dealing with a pretty rough church in Ephesus, okay? Previously, Paul could have gone and handled it himself. But now he has to entrust Timothy to go in his stead and handle business the way he taught him to. And the scriptures, as we get more into Timothy's character, um, it tells us certain things about his character of Timothy. We just read here he was tearing, he was tearing up because of his love for Paul. But he was, it shows over and again how sensitive. Timothy was. He was a very sensitive guy, right? He had a love and admiration for Paul, and Paul's going through a tough time, so he's sitting there, you know, he's crying and hurting for his mentor. In 1 Timothy 1.19, it says, Holding on to the faith and a good conscience, which some of you have rejected and so have suffered shipwreck with regard to the faith, Paul writes is talking about, With your good conscience, I trust you in this. Um, so he had a good conscience. It means he was living his life correctly to the point where he'd have a bunch of baggage, and so he could think clearly. Um, he was trustworthy. In verse 19 it says, "I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, that I also may cheer, be cheered when I receive news about you." So I'm in trouble, I'm sending Timothy. OK? If Timothy can't handle it, no one else could. That's how Paul entrusted this young man with. The next verse in Philippians 20, it says that he was very caring. It says, I have no one else like him who will show genuine concern for your welfare. Paul is like, of all the people that follow me and I got around me, there's no one like Timothy who is genuine and has concern for you. Those are characteristics we typically don't associate with men. Sensitive, clear conscience, trustworthy, caring. We don't typically associate that with man traits. We would call him soft. We typically associate that with motherly or woman traits, feminine Traits. These characteristics don't get listed on resumes, but it is clear that he is a solid, genuine man of faith and of good character. The type of guy you might want your daughter to date. How did he get that way? Acts 16, we get a a, a peek at our answer here. Acts 16, chapter 1, out of the Passion Translation says, Paul and Silas came to the city of Derbe and then went on to Lystra, the hometown of a believer named Timothy. His mother was a Jewish follower of Jesus, but his father was not a Jew. Now, as a man of biracial background, I kind of like this. (laughs) A Jew married to a Gentile. If you don't know, back in that day, that didn't happen. Okay? That just simply didn't happen. Jews don't marry Gentiles. Gentiles don't marry Jews. Especially when they don't have the same share of beliefs. It makes a rough dynamic in the family. But I am encouraged because, spoiler alert, it works out well. Um, but because the influence of one parent, Timothy was able to get the faith and background that he needed to become a follower of Jesus himself. That's what it says. Mother was a Jewish follower of Jesus. So if you have a spouse that may be struggling with their faith, I encourage you today. It can happen for you. It still works well. Some of us are here because of the influence of, of one parent. He can work through any and every family situation. Right. Yeah. Amen. He's not limited by your marriage status right. oh. or who you married to or who you had a child with, right? Mm-hmm. God can still work through any and every situation, yeah. no matter the baggage that, that comes with it. Amen. Going back to 2 Timothy verse uh, 5, 2 Timothy 1:5 says, I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first live in your grandmother Louise and in your mother Eunice. And I am persuaded now lives in you also. Paul has gotten to such a point with his relationship to Timothy that he understands where his source of faith comes from. It wasn't learned from a book. It wasn't learned from facts. It wasn't acquired by memorization of a bunch of scriptures. He didn't do it just because his mom dragged him to church on Wednesdays and Sundays. It happened because they lived it. It was a sincere faith because demonstrated by grandma and mom. He saw it lived out day in and day out. He used them, God used them in a significant way. It wasn't because of a church, there was no church there. So the very first thing that we must do parents is that we first want to have an impact in our kids' lives, we must first live it. Because what Grandma Louise was to Eunice, Eunice was to Timothy Three generations. And through that, Timothy had worldly impact. Sincere faith must be demonstrated from you. It is not the church's role or responsibility to raise your kids up into faith. Me and the youth teachers in the back get your kids for one, one and a half hours a week. And half the time we're trying to get them to calm down. So it is not our responsibility. We get them for one, one and a half hours a week. You get them for 168. Okay? The scales the balance are a little tips there. It's not my responsibility to teach them how to pray. It is not my responsibility how to teach them how to read a Bible. Now we can help. We can help them find Philippians chapter 2 and show them how the Bible works and everything else. We can read some scriptures and encourage them to memorize a verse of the week and all these different things that we can do. But how are they going to learn to pray if they never see you pray? How they know where the source of wisdom comes from if they never see you open up a book? If they know more of your R. Kelly songs, they know Kurt Franklin songs. I had to go there. I had to go there. Speaking from personal experience, that's all. How are you going in your faith? Some of you, we can just see the transformation of you as adults. And your kids probably do, too. But are you demonstrating on a day-in, day-out basis? Now, you're going to fall sometimes. You're going to slip up. That's what the responsibility of the church is, is to encourage you to get back up on that horse and keep going. But children become what they see. Timothy's sincere faith, described by Paul, first lived in grandma, second lived in mom, and then lived in Timothy. Paul understood that, that source. And by doing so, they developed deep roots in Timothy. That's the next point here. Develop deep roots. Second Timothy chapter 3, Paul continues. But as for you... Continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. I don't know if on their walk or what may have happened, they had a lot of walking to do, going from town to town that Timothy may have shared a bit of his childhood. And Timothy must have shared at some point that he was getting read scriptures to as a infant. He's like, from what I can remember, my parents were always reading me scriptures. They were always doing it. They took the time, made the effort, And instill to him where wisdom comes from. It's never too early to start learning scriptures. I'm convinced of that. Now, you might want to wait before they can talk, right? You You might want to, like, wait a little bit. But from infancy, Timothy was raised from here. Where the source of wisdom comes from. He was wise enough to understand temptation. That's why he had such a good, clear conscience. Because he was taught from here. It was showed and exemplified from here, from infancy. I was in Colorado a couple of weeks ago um, for, for FCA doing some leadership training. And we had an opportunity to go up into the mountains. We had like a tour guide, got these big, huge trucks that could go over a boulder, Okay, and we went on this tour guide. And the tour guide was explaining how they had an issue with some bugs eating a lot of the pine trees. Um, And they were were destroying like huge swaths of pine trees in this particular area where I was at. Um, And so the community was trying to fight against these bugs that have come in and infiltrated Um, the area by doing so. And, And some of that is they would burn down some areas and replant new pine trees. It's hard to see on a mountain when you look at large areas of the new plants. And they're explaining to us it may take us years to see the fruit of the labor because pine trees for the first five years, these particular pine trees, They only grow about a couple feet in the first five years, above ground. But their root system goes way deep, especially on the mountainside, okay, to get the water and the nutrients they get. And then after those five years, they sprout up, right? So it may take a decade to see the fruits of the labor to see how these pine trees take root and then explode up. They're trying to recover parts of this this, uh, beautiful area. It's breathtaking views. But they're trying to recover it, but they won't see the full recovery for years to come. Um, But our job is to develop those deep roots in our kids. And we may not see the fruit of our labor for years to come. But by reading the Bible, telling them Bible stories investing in them, renting the videos, watching the Bible TV show, um, all these different things, letting them see certain movies, letting them uh, hear you listening to certain podcasts to increase your faith, listening to sermons. Um, What that does is it gives you, it, it plants roots into them. And so... By doing so, if you had developed those roots when life hits them, maybe when they first go to college off on their own, they don't get blown over or have to get burned down to rebuild. Mainly because from infancy, mom and grandma were pouring into me. The last thing I love about the story of Timothy is we saw earlier how Paul came in contact with Timothy for the first time and took him under his wing. His mama does such a good job of raising Timothy that at 19 years old, that's what many believe he was, he was confident enough to let him go. there was a mom who carefully taught and modeled the faith. She showed it through her kids. She showed her kids how to live it, exposing her child to the teaching and a living a life of faith. And she sculpted a young man that would go on to improve something that she couldn't do herself. Right. She's like, Paul's got what I, I can't give him. Let me get him to the place where he needs to be. And that was under the wing and tutelage of Paul. That's a tough thing to do. Even Mary struggled with that, the mother of Jesus. She was like, okay, Jesus, that's enough. How about y'all come home? You, you start you stirring up a little bit too much. Just come on home, baby. Just come on home. You're doing a little bit too much here. And I'm so excited to see some of you travel back from out of town to be spending time with mom. Because I know some of you went off in college and did different things. But your parents were confident enough that you would have been okay because they instilled many of you from here. Amen. And I'm not a parent, so I can't speak of that anxiety and that anxious thoughts and that constant worrying about if they're going to be okay. But Timothy's mother was... An example to live by. There wasn't a time where she wrote and showed up to one of his sermons and said, baby, just come on back. You're stirring up too much trouble. Paul's getting thrown in jail every other week. You're getting stoned and thrown rocks at you in many cities you're going to. You're kind of homeless. Every city you go to, you have to beg and ask for someone to live in with you. Um, she understood what his calling was. That his purpose was much bigger than what she raised him to be. So she let him go and do that. Some of you are thankful your parents let you go and explore the world. Some of you are very thankful, hopefully, that you had such, you know, some foundation that even if you did fall you got back up and knew where the source to go to. Some of you may be feeling some angst because maybe you feel like you weren't able to raise your child up like uh, Eunice did. "I I, I I didn't do a good job with my kid as Eunice did with Timothy. That's okay because, well, some of you get a second chance as grandmas. Grandmas are the worst, I tell you. I, the things y'all do for your grandkids, what happened? What, what, where was that when I was growing up? <laughs> but I see it in my mom. The things that she does for these grandkids, they have full confidence That grandma's got them. It is their second home at this point. They know where all the snacks are at. They know everything. (laughs) They know where all the candy is at, where she does. And, you know, they give her the sad look. She may give them ice cream. Uh, But it is something special when you see grandkids and grandchildren interact. You know, I thank God for my grandma taking me, picking me up, and taking me to orthodontist appointments. And she always had butterscotch available. <laughs> right after, I couldn't feel my mouth. She had some butterscotch on the, on the ready for me. Making sure, you know, Mom had no sympathy for me, but Grandma always did. Eunice and Louis and... Louise probably didn't understand by letting Timothy go what kind of reward they would get. Thankfully today we get to share some back, hopefully with rewarding our our mothers. But some of us need to give back by doing what God has called us to do. The way Timothy gave back as we lived out his godly purpose, raising the next generation of Christian believers. So, by doing so, his mothers and grandmothers were listed in the Bible. That was their reward. We get to remember them for the rest of eternity, simply because of who Timothy was. So for those of you who may not feel like you can give your mother uh, your mother what you, want, what, what you really want to give them, or you're about to go to Hy-Vee and get whatever leftover flowers are there <laughs> before you go to out to brunch with them, um, that, re- that reward is great. But the best reward is to get your life together and get back onto your godly purpose. And so moms, we love you. Our biological moms, the many moms in this congregation that helped raise me, I thank you. I love you. So happy Mother's Day. Enjoy it. Take as much as you want. Get the extra bag of chocolate, OK? You guys deserve it. All those job titles I listed earlier, you got, that's a small bonus pay to all the things that you spent in for us. So we love you. We thank you. And uh, there's no better person to, to help us out by thanking you, Pastor Fields.